0: Welcome back to another 3Cs Podcast by we Creative, where we talk about creativity, community, and clients. Today, we're super excited to talk about a project we produced a few years ago. Um, let me start over. We're ex- today, we're excited to talk about a project that we produced that has really been a one... Let me fix that. Today, we're talking about a project that is near and dear to our hearts, We had a lot of fun working on it. It is our trip to Haiti, where we produced a story for our friends at the Clemson University Engineering Department. Um, Their acronym is C-E-C-A-S. And we're gonna really focus on creativity today. And I guess the big message, the big thing that we learned from this one, Mark, wouldn't you say, is pre-planning? We spent a year pre-planning for this project.
1: Yeah, and fortunately, we were afforded the the opportunity to pre-plan. We even did a preliminary trip to Haiti and scouted around and got the lay of the land. And, you know, a lot of times we don't get that kind of opportunity on projects. So for me, it was a real treat because you know me, I love to pre-plan and get everything together. And we really got to do that for this one. So, Well, I would say that 75%
0: of the budget was the pre-plan mm-hmm. um, many times at to your point when we talk to to our clients and we really say we need to sit down and pre-plan um, before we pull out the cameras mm-hmm. and a lot of times they don't come to us in time to allow us enough time to pre-plan mm-hmm. they've got to have something in a month or a couple weeks sometimes maybe two months or three months. Mm -hmm. But the pre-planning was crucial here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so our partner, David Lee, over at Clemson Engineering, he basically came to us and said, look, we want to recruit the best and the brightest to come to Clemson to solve the world's problems as engineers. And we are seeing challenges in our recruitment in state, inside the state of South Carolina, inside, not outside, but inside. And they wanted to truly focus in on how people can stay in state to, and come to Clemson to solve those big world problems. And so as we started talking to him, we did a lot of research into the grand, um, all the grand challenges of engineering and we identified a few areas that were a part of those grand challenges. And water was a is a huge challenge in developing countries here stateside. Um, what are some of the things that popped up in your mind that led us to water, that led us to Haiti as we were going through a lot of that pre-production, pre-planning?
1: Well, it was a learning experience for me in the pre-planning in terms of uh trying to identify which story we wanted to showcase but as time went on i kind of had a gut feeling we were going to do the water story simply because the the tagline for this from the very beginning was these are your first steps to changing the world you come here you take the first steps here to changing the world and the water story just had such an element of scale to it already i mean number one it's in a foreign country uh, you're supplying water to villages of people that otherwise would have to go through many trials and tribulations to obtain water. So there was there was already an element of scale to it, and I just kind of thought we were going to head in that direction because it inspired me. If I was an aspiring engineer thinking about coming to Clemson, I would be very inspired by. Uh, the opportunity to to even take part in something like that, so not to belabor the point, but you know it it was a learning experience for me. But I kind of had a hunch that we were leaning in that direction uh, from the beginning.
0: Well, and I think we need to back up. Is that we were hired to produce three different pieces. Yeah, we ended up only producing two because we spent so much time, energy, and effort on these two narratives. But the three narratives that we narrowed down from a data standpoint. Right. We yeah. looked at the. We looked at the incoming freshman uh, demographics. Mm-hmm. We looked at the challenges engineering is being faced with, and then we look at the narratives that were out there that aligned with what Clemson's already doing mm-hmm. and what the possibilities were. We could have gone. Um, we could have gone to Detroit and looked at water. Right. Because yeah. at the time, that was a big story. But Clemson didn't have any engineers up there working on water in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And we chose not to create a narrative that wasn't there. And what we found was that there was um, a organization, I wouldn't say a club, but an organization in Clemson through engineering Mm -hmm. that had already been deploying students to Haiti in this small village of Conge that had been working on a, rod, uh, a water project for over 10 years. Mm. And so we it, all the data points matched up to say, let's go talk to them and see what they're doing. And what we found was amazing. What did we find when we talked to them the first time?
1: Well, like I said, that, that was the learning portion of it for me is watching you guys collect this data and allow the data to point you to the narratives where my gut feeling kicked in is when haiti came into this equation because just seeing that clemson was doing something like this that story needs to be told anyway right whether or not you're trying to attract engineers right that that's just something that needs uh, i can't believe there there has already been a piece like this made about what they're doing down there right so 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 we met
0: so mm -hmm. what did you think when we met with jeff plumby um who was on faculty Um, and the whole group that was in the middle of the Haiti project and they sat down with us and we were asking what type of story was there. And they literally brought plans from that village Mm -hmm. of Conj and they told us stories and showed pictures. What was your reaction?
1: I thought it was just a match made in heaven for what we were trying to do. I mean, it was a story that needed to be told anyway, regardless of whether or not you're trying to advertise to aspiring engineers. The fact that clemson was doing something like this and there hadn't already been a piece made about it was amazing to me so um, to answer your question i was super excited
0: and what else was interesting a part of our conversations we could have just done the traditional let's interview a few people let's go down and get some footage let's put just a basic video together
1: talking about
0: haiti but we didn't do that
1: well, if I remember correctly, uh, we might have flirted around with that idea for a day or two, but we really wanted to create something uh, that captured the the essence of what was actually happening down there. And really, if I'm correct, our, the target audience here,
0: yes, it is students, mm-hmm. potential students that could potentially come to Clemson, so high school students, mm-hmm. but really it was their parents. And so we need to create something visually driven that inspired them for change, not something where it's a bunch of talking heads Mm -hmm. telling a story. It was, let's
1: show a story. Let's build a narrative. I think that's when we decided relatively early on that this was going to have a cinematic slant to it. Because interviews and talking heads are great, but just giving data and spoon-feeding data to people isn't going to capture... The, the the epic scale of what's taking place down there in order to appeal to all these audiences at once we needed something that resembled uh something you would see in a theater
0: right and so you know we sat down with the team that went to haiti deployed um engineering interns down there on a regular basis mm-hmm. and we noticed that um we need a book time to go down there to start capturing it we need to find our main actor, quote unquote actor, uh, that would we'd center the story around. And what we found was a student that was getting ready to graduate mm-hmm. that fit all the demo, all the demographic data. Yep. He fit the narrative and he was and we figured out very quickly he would be good on camera. Mm-hmm. Like we could
1: he was very directable. And, and he knew the language and it, the people. He knew the
0: language. Yeah. Um, he knew how to get around down there. He knew the whole village. And so we had to map out a narrative blind Mm -hmm. based on geography. And the narrative was they built this dam with water that would pump up uh, through a turbine from the the bottom of the mountain to the top of the mountain. So they'd use the falling water to power the turbine to pump that same water back up up the mountain right. and then filter it so that top of the mountain that village could have clean water
1: it blew our minds they were to them as something they'd been working on they had been so deep in the project for years that they the, the 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 epicness of it was lost on them but we were just sitting there with our eyes wide open like you guys are actually doing this and they were like and they said <laughs> oh by the way in order to get from the village
0: down to where the turbines are and where the dam of water is. Mm -hmm. um, It's like, I don't know, like what, 400 steps? They gave us the exact... 534 steps, that's what it was. Was that it? Yeah, Yeah, 534 steps. And these are not just regular steps. These are steps that are like a foot tall. Mm Yeah, And so we had it... It's like another part of the narrative came alive. Yeah. Here, you take your first steps to change the world, and yeah, and so, like all the things were coming together, and then,
1: I think it was at this point when we started to unpack the the narrative itself, and we if we realized just how big this was, we decided that we might need to take a trip down to Haiti before we bring cameras.
0: With us. <laughs> yes, and so we did. Yeah. We took a trip. And we actually took a few cameras with us to see what it would be like. Mm -hmm. And we took a big bag with a drone in it, a huge drone. Mm -hmm. We took big cameras, big packing. And when we got there, we realized this is not how we're gonna shoot it. We had to be portable Mm -hmm. as portable could be. Mm -hmm. We went back and scaled all the cameras down to smaller cameras. We scaled the drone down into a portable drone Mm-hmm. Every, and then it was everything that we could put on our backpacks to carry around battery power and even enough battery power to deal with an inconsistent power grid. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think back to all the areas we had to go to and the mobility and the stabilizers and everything we had to use,
1: what did, you, did you think we'd have to go that portable Well, that's a good question, because when the idea of a preliminary trip came up, it would have been so easy for us to say that, man, that's excessive. We don't need to make two trips to Haiti. It had been easy to say that. But once we got down there on that first trip, it became very clear just how incredibly important it was for us to be there without cameras rolling and just scouting everything out, because we started to figure out just what it meant to go up 534 stairs that and are that, 10 to 12 inches taller. that are 10 to 12 and it really did shine a light on how we were going to have to manage the logistics of this project portability was going to be a big part of it um and i think it was great it forced us to get a little bit more creative than we probably would have been without that preliminary trip yeah so. well the the thing that
0: i keep on going back to from that initial trip that i that has helped us really um, implement a lot of pre planning into a lot of our big projects mm-hmm. is that it forced us to get out of our comfort zone a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, a lot. You know, we talk about a project, we think we're gonna go into it one way, and we just go shoot. Yep. This really forced us to step back and spend a lot of time being creative and really visualizing the narrative storyboarding the whole thing Mm -hmm. out, scene by scene, completely directing the whole thing, knowing that it wasn't about collecting audio, it's more about collecting quality visuals Mm -hmm. and the right visuals that we needed. I mean, it took us four days to get the right drone shot, the one drone shot, our signature Mm -hmm. drone shot. We had to do it every morning because we had to catch the sunrise at the right position Mm -hmm. um, and have it fly out at the right time, Mm -hmm. um, out of the building. There were so many things that were in play. Mm -hmm. When, When you left that second time we went with all the footage, were you worried we missed something or did you feel like we got it all?
1: I wasn't worried at all because, you know, Sure, we made the decision that this was going to have a cinematic slant before we went down there. But I think what served the project so well and the reason I was confident when we left is because that cinematic approach was applied to every stage of the process. We didn't go down there, capture a bunch of footage and then you come to me and say I want just I want this to look like a movie. No. We went down there on the very first trip I didn't have to think anything technical I wasn't thinking about angles or shots I just had my director hat on and I was thinking about the story and it divided up the creative process in such a way to where we were able to truly approach it like a movie you know before they shoot a movie they go visit locations with their iPhones and snap pictures that's what we did down in Haiti and we were so precise and by the time we left on that second shoot, I was 100% confident because by the time we pulled out cameras and started rolling, we were just filling in gaps. We were just filling in, we were just checking off shots on a piece of paper. We weren't, it wasn't, we didn't go down there and have to work everything out on the day of shooting. We didn't have to work all that out and fig, we didn't have to figure anything out because we had figured it out beforehand and it served the project so well. And the only thing I was thinking about on that plane was, where are my pretzels and my Coca-Cola? <laughs> well, I have to say yeah. that even though we did
0: storyboard that project, mm-hmm. we had a narrative that we were capturing and creating while we were there. We had scene by scene by scene that we were going through, capturing every piece that we needed. When we got back, even though we, laid, we had an initial storyboard, beginning, middle, and end, that storyboard switched; it flipped, flopped around a little bit inside the edit bay. Talk about that—the evolution of that and why it was moved around, and how it took us to even a better project visually.
1: Well, the edit bay is the final rewrite of any visual story, and when I was in there, I just—I um, felt like. To really pack the punch we want to pack the punch i probably should not tell this story in a linear way i wanted it to be multi linear because there and, was numerous narratives well there i mean in reality there was there was really just one big narrative but to, to tell that one narrative in a linear way we we sh- if we were going to do that we might as well have done the interview talking head wrap. right so, in in order to condense this down, and not because we wanted to condense it down, but because I think the whole story and the whole uh, visual experience for the viewer is served better by a shorter video. So to condense it down to to those dimensions, I, I felt like a non-linear telling of this story serve it best and create a more cinematic uh, experience for for the people watching it so i mix and matched i you know i i I flipped some portions of the narrative from the end over to the beginning i flipped a few things around in the middle Uh, and a lot of this was was worked out on the fly in the edit bay Uh, there was there was a lot of pre-planning that went into it but so much of this was me watching the timeline and making the changes I felt needed to be made right then and there until, it's almost like combing it through with a comb. You you just go over and over again until it's silky, silky smooth. And that's what I did. So after we showed it to the client,
0: Mm -hmm. what was some of the feedback we started getting from the client
1: and their thoughts? It was actually well received from the very first viewing Yep. All the way up to the top, we went through a few layers with the clients, you know, up the up the quote unquote flagpole, but it was pretty much um, a home run from the very beginning, and uh, man, I wish every project was like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish every, you know, and, and it, it's a
0: testament to to organizations that put a financial commitment to to good storytelling in it. Mm-hmm. And we realize a lot of organizations can't have that financial
1: commitment no and and you you can't really you can't blame them for wanting something like that, right. like the haiti video right. so so many organizations do just you know, I want something epic, I want something dramatic like this but and sometimes you can achieve something at least close to their vision, but nine times out of ten to achieve something like this takes a lot of heavy lifting behind the scenes and before the cameras even start rolling.
0: Yeah. Well, if the big thing that we can walk away from this is when we start sitting down with people, pre-planning has become a major, major factor. Mm -hmm. We've got to spend time talking about mission statement and narrative and audience and purpose and where it's going to be played because at the end of the day, if you don't get that good work done on the front side... The backside is going to be so much more rushed Mm -hmm. and so much more, um, I would say, fragmented and potentially could be detrimental to the narrative. Mm -hmm. And so when it's good to sit down and plan, it's good to sit down and plan and invest that time. But, Mm -hmm. man, uh, this has been a a great discussion, Mark. Uh, This is a project we like to go back and analyze a little bit. Um, You know, sometimes you have to live in your glory. Uh, to, to go back and revisit opportunities where you can learn from something
1: like this and for us too It's more this project in particular is more than a past project. This was a life experience This was we, we got to go to Haiti. We got to meet the locals We got to experience the awesome country that is Haiti and me you and the client We all got to I mean we lived together in these tiny little rooms without air conditioner so we got to know each other.
0: Sometimes without electricity.
1: Sometimes without electricity. Sometimes
0: without clean water.
1: And in the very, very dark days, there was no Wi-Fi. So uh, it's more than a video in my mind. It's a time when that's a shared experience that you don't you don't get to experience something like that every day. So.
0: Well, this has been a great conversation. Another Three C's podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. And big shout out to our friends at... Touchpoint Media Network for supporting this podcast on their platform and their distribution channels. Once again, this is Bobby and Mark at Ritu Creative. See ya. Goodbye. Three C's is a podcast brought to you by Ritu Creative, a content creation and storytelling agency located right here in the heart of downtown Anderson. Serving a variety of clients in healthcare, philanthropy, higher education, Technology, nonprofit, and many other medium to small businesses all across the United States. To learn more, go to rettewcreative.com. That is r e t t e w creative.com.